Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 206. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. And we're coming to you on shiny new microphones. Well, not exactly shiny. Well, we've got stuff. we got toys. Then there's dials and switches. And who helps us get these toys? That's a great question. This week's episode is brought to you by Surf and Summit Motorcycles, from whom you can rent Stroms or Harleys to taste. Serving Maine and New Hampshire. Yes, indeedy. They will pick you up at the airport in Boston, which is a pretty smoking deal. Or come bring the bike to you. Also good. And you'll be glad to know that their bikes are all listener tested and approved. Yeah, and he is a really cool guy. Yes. You can check him out at surfandsummitmotorcycle.com and tell him we sent you because we're awesome. And so are they. Yes. Thank you, beloved sponsor. Beloved sponsors. So we got we got a, a an upgraded studio, but the thing that is not currently upgraded is the Strom, Chuck. <laughs> no, no. So so here's how it went. I got this. Uh, I ordered the Suzuki Swift fuel pump. Okay. Everybody's like, yeah, this is totally. It fits. It's great. It's way cheaper than the you know the stock. Pump. Sounds fast. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I you know the Suzuki Swift is like a little econo box, um, which is why it works for a motorcycle. Okay. So um so I get this fuel pump and uh, I look at it and I'm like seems long this seems not quite right god damn it that's what she said so uh yeah so it turns out that this fuel pump is in fact works great for the year after mine and several others oh but not my year oh yeah so your the strom has used different fuel the strom has used like a half dozen different fuel pumps over its over its lifespan. Like right. whatever they had sitting in a parts box I'm, I'm that assuming day. Whatever, whatever like Mitsubishi pump was just sitting fucking around in that they Suzuki had a lot thing, of that they were like, man, we have got, you know, this is translated from Japanese. Of course we have like a hundred of these pumps. We got to get rid of this shit. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's dump it here. I'll translate to Japanese real quick. Okay. We have got uh, like a hundred of these pumps. We, we got to get rid of this shit. Like right now. Uh, Round eye by that. Wow, I speak better Japanese than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so angry was, emails. Now, yeah, so, them in Japanese. <laughs> so I was all excited. I'm like, okay, all right, all right, all right. Fuck it, whatever. You know which pump to get. Now I know what pump to get because it's out, right? It's in my hand, and I'm like looking at it. I'm looking at eBay, and so I go to this like eBay, like the black and red, like fly by night Chinese pump resellers. Uh-huh. Okay, these guys send me a pump. And all of the shit that I need with it, like the right spacers, the new grommets, new like O-rings and everything. So like they actually did a really good job. Like it was nicer than the pump I got from the, the you know, above board auto parts place. Oh, okay. So that was pretty cool. Um, Neat. And I got it in. Yeah. And that's good. I'm like, I put a little fresh gas in from the gas can, not the gas that I took out of it. Because I'm figuring like just in case, right? Just in case. Just in case. And I start up. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Wait, what's no, no. Fuck. <laughs> Try to start it again. <laughs> oh, dear Jesus, God. Oh, check. Oh, the fucking words that came out of my mouth. I oh no. Oh, my God, dude. I'm so mad now. I am so fucking mad. Now this morning you sent the picture of you looked like you were soldering something. Oh yeah, yeah. I soldered. I soldered. Um, I had to put the new. Um, so the the new it came with a new wire for the pump, but it didn't have the ends on it. Oh okay. So the pump gets used in a few different. 
applications. Um, so it was just a little connector with bare ends. And so I soldered on new O terminals. There's nothing big. I okay. burned myself again. That fucking soldering iron is gone too. That thing's on fucking notice. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's not, I have far too many burns on my hands. Now wait, I'm going to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. You said gone too. I did, didn't I? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> that's that's not a positive thing, is it? Is that, that seems that seems worrying on some level now mm-hmm. so the strom's not running and you have played your last card i i not my last card okay so it could be the fuel pressure regulator which sucks because the fuel pressure regulator of course comes inside the housing which is a 200 dollar adventure in shitty plastic housing which needs to be modified to be good with the fuel pressure regulator inside it which may or may not be it which may or may not fucking be it <laughs> uh failing that uh it could be the coils like if i'm getting bad spark or inconsistent spark but like again that wouldn't be both right like like that doesn't make sense yeah, because everything about this has made sense so far. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know what the fuck to do. I'm just, I'm, I'm at my wits end. We could take it to my guy. Yeah. Could, yeah, I suppose we could. I could just admit defeat, it. Yeah. trailer it over there and be yeah. like, Meh. help, <laughs> help. Yeah. Can't. Yeah. Don't want to. Don't want to. Sick of it. No oh. time. Or going back to what you said, gone too. Gone too. Yep. Which is a big gone, because if it is, because you've invested a shit ton into that thing. Yeah, yeah, a lot of time and blood and effort. Well, I'm thinking about that seat. <laughs> yeah, I will miss the seat for sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could buy a new Gen 1 Strom, but I got to be honest, I'm feeling a little uh, down on Gen 1 Stroms at the moment. <laughs> And, you know, as my as people, everybody's like, well, you know, that, that Strom has really, really done a lot of things with you. And they're, what they're really saying is like, that Strom is a piece of shit. <laughs> I okay, yeah, I hear you, everyone. I, I get it. And message received. Strom is a piece of shit. Fuck you. And fuck you. Um, yeah, I don't know anymore. I'm 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 really not in a good place. Well, that sucks. It really sucks. It sucks really bad. Fuck. So, well, on the bright side, give me something good. Did you get some good audio from the rally? You took the fancy recorder. <coughs> I brought it back. Yes, you did. Thank you for that. Um, it, it, I haven't seen if there's anything on it yet. Uh, there's no ash. No. It didn't burn up. Ash. It was in a different box. Burning. Bot. Chuck. You might not know this, but I was on fire. Just gonna stand there and watch me burn. Fire? I was on fire. Oh my. Um, so tell tell us about being on fire. Um He's on fire. Where to start? Well, here's a novel idea. Start with the fire. No, I can't. That's not the beginning. Oh my god. <laughs> So, I want to preface this. Mm-hmm. 
everyone who can hear the sound of my voice, Mm -hmm. listen to me now. Yes. I swear on everything holy, everything I'm about to tell you is true and happened. Okay. I smell a Chuck story coming on. This is the Chuck story to end all Chuck stories. Which is saying something. This is like Sharknado 5, the Chuck apocalypse. Okay. Well, with that preamble. <clears throat> so, I was going to the... We, the plan was to go to the Women's Sport Bike Rally sure. in sure. north of LA, yep. Los Angeles. And I was going to go with my coworker Melinda, mm-hmm. who had borrowed Jen's America. And we were just going to do a straight shot on 15 down to California, no problems. Sure. Okay. <laughs> brainless kind of just whatever yep. i was going to take the uh, turbo sprint right because it's comfy it's fast it's yeah a sport it's, bike. it's got the sergeant seat it's mm-hmm. got uh uh i was going to try out the racy baby head stuff mm-hmm. uh melinda was wearing the hair tie thing that they they have mm-hmm. and i was wearing the wick mm-hmm. which works really nice oh, um so it was gonna be neat it was just you know mm-hmm. and first day um as soon as i jump on the sprint my camelback starts leaking. Oh, that sucks. And I'm, I'm, but I'm only riding it over to Melinda's to meet up with her. Okay, so, so it's it's quick. By the time I get there, it's empty. Right. <laughs> and my, I have peed my pants. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Well, it's going to be hot, so who cares, right? Right. I'm like, ah, it's going to be hot. Whatever. I can fill it up right here. I can tighten the valve that was loose. Yeah. This is my mishap for the trip. This is yeah. There you go. The one thing that there's always, your disaster. Yeah. Because the there's always disaster. one fuck up. Right. So we get on the road. We're on the road relative nice and early for me, like nine, <laughs> maybe nine thirty. <laughs> for me. Yes, I know. By by Chuck's standards is the key here. That's remember I wrote a song about dicks in the mornings. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh so we're on the road and I and about ten minutes uh north of Scipio. Um oh wait, let me back up a step. So Melinda had never done a ride like this sure with another rider kind of thing right um the senas weren't matched up annoying so i had i had taught her some hand signals right you know there's something in the road mm-hmm. i need to pull over mm-hmm. there's a cop that yeah. kind of thing right the standards the standards so about 10 minutes um before we get to scipio i glance in my mirror and i see what looks like melinda tapping her helmet oh cops yeah right so i'm like oh cops Okay, it's a big straight stretch. I don't see anything, but you know, maybe she saw a cop. I, sure, it's fine. Yeah, keep going. I look, glance down again, and she's still waving. Hmm. And uh, I'm looking at her, and I'm not figuring it out. And she pulls up, and she like makes the sign to pull over. I'm like, oh, she has to pee. She said she would need to pee a lot, so she needs okay. to pee. And, and low, it has come to pass. And low, it has come to pass. She does like a very casual pullover. Mm-hmm. So I pull over. Stop the bike, put down the kickstand, and that's when the black smoke engulfs me. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, that's not right. It shouldn't do that. That's not normal. No, that's not normal. I'm um, thinking oil. I'm burning oil. Yeah. I'm, I've got to be burning oil. Sure. Makes sense. Oil, maybe brake fluid, whatever. Okay. So I go to get off the bike, swing my leg off, and that's when I see the fire. The fire. The f- giant ball of fire that used to be a side case. <laughs> Oh, this explains, fire. this explains the picture you sent me of what looked like a melted plastic. Yes. The entire side case was on fire. Wow. Flames, smoke, shooting. Every, I was just like, I'm on fire. Hmm. 
And not in the cool way of being on fire, like, yeah, but the actual, like, like really. I did not feel that I was about to turn into Ghost Rider at any point. Mm -hmm. No, I can't imagine. No. Um, So I had the presence of mind to yank the side case off the bike. Yeah. Throw it on the ground. Sensible. Start kicking dirt on it. Okay. I did not start any of the fires in Utah right now. I just want to make that clear. Let it be known that it was not Chuck, everyone. None of those fires in me. Um, an RV pulls over, and this lady comes running out with a fire extinguisher from the 30s. Oh, okay. And hands it to me. <laughs> Not like just shoots it at the fire, as would be the normal behavior with a fire extinguisher. Right. No, she's like, do you want this? <laughs> well, under the circumstances. Would you care for an after-dinner mint? <laughs> um, at this point, I was squirting my camelback all over mm-hmm. the uh, the fire, and I got it out without the fire extinguisher. For all I know, it was filled with gasoline. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually it was actually the emergency gas bottle. I, it probably was. Oh sure, I'll just <laughs> So as far as near as I could tell, um the pipe had gotten so hot. The aftermarket uh, pipe had gotten so hot. Ah yes, you had an unrestrictive pipe on a turbocharged bike, and yep. turbos have incredibly hot exhausts temperatures yeah okay that melted starting to come together through the side case and lit all my clothes on fire <laughs> the Along. only thing more flammable than a plastic side case is chuck's pants my pants my shorts my jeans some underwear straps you're the worst luck with underwear and cables trips, like you should stop bringing them on trips because all it does is invite disaster <laughs> <laughs> it's true <laughs> so i was like oh shit <laughs> what was left alive in that side case i was able to distribute to the other cases because mm-hmm. i wasn't packed for bear mm-hmm. so i was like this okay i strapped this that burnt case to the the rear seat drive it into scipio and throw it into a dumpster okay and then i have a dairy queen blizzard because i was just on fire yeah yeah and it seems it seems viable at that point to have a little ice cream but I'm also thinking at this point, I can still go. Okay. No yeah. problem. Yeah, I mean, okay. It's a crazy story, but like. Crazy yeah. story. Yeah. All I need is pants. Yeah. New pants. Mm-hmm. We're fine. Get back on the road. Fillmore. We hit a monsoon. Like a honest to God monsoon. Sideways blowing waves of rain. Yep. I could just see the waves rolling across the road. Oh, man. Those suck. Everyone slows down to like 20 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. There is no overpass or anything for us to get under. Heavens no. Um, I was wearing the stitch. So I was I was feeling okay. Melinda had not even packed her liner Oops. for her jacket or her pants. So she was behind me getting miserable. <laughs> and, you know, I had had zipped open my stitch to let, because it was hot. It was 110. Sure, yeah, left. right. Yeah. So I was getting wet in the chest yeah now we we struggled on for a while until uh we came to a tna travel plaza pulled in i bought some pants mm-hmm. some 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 travel plaza pants some travel plaza wait wait no you bought truck stop pants chuck i i bought wrangler jeans oh, okay. at a truck stop just regular wrangler jeans and a route 66 t-shirt mm-hmm. seems sensible uh melinda bought trash bags and ponchos <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, as one does when one is getting rained on. Yeah, yeah, and wrapped herself up in it. And um, 
we we sat out the worst of the rain. Yeah. Got back on the road. Dried out. Yeah. Cedar City, Arizona, dry. Everything was cool. Yeah. Not bad. Pulling the mesquite for gas. Melinda's like, come smell this. And her bike had like a real slight oil burning smell. Yeah, like a burnt, okay. Or like burnt stuff in the exhaust or burnt clutch or burnt something burnt yeah, like a burnt burning. rubber burnt yeah. petroleum you know it's just like are you noticing anything anything seem weird about the bike when you're running it she's like no it seems okay and i'm like well huh. the bike's been sitting and we just drove through a, a rainstorm oh i forgot to mention during the rainstorm my speedometer went out <laughs> there's just no telling how fast you're going on a turbocharged bike apparently <laughs> the speedometer that was fixed guaranteed this time mm-hmm. yeah it went out guaranteed for realsies for realsies yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna say that you stick with your new guy for all repairs from here on out but that I, we have to stick a pin in the speedometer because we'll come back and revisit that okay so anyways we just re- re- driven through that she's wearing a poncho maybe that melted something. Mm-hmm. i don't know yeah we get back on the road we ride through Vegas, and at this point, just as we're leaving Las Vegas, Melinda comes up next to me. And she's waving wildly. And I'm like, I'm on fire again. Here it is again. <laughs> so I pull over, and Melinda's like, I saw something flapping out of your helmet. I'm like, is it the cord for my, my earbuds? Because that's normal. And she's like, yeah, but I didn't see that before. I'm like, well, you know, I got lazy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Whatever. We're mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not on fire, so it could be worse. <laughs> she used a hand signal for you're on fire. The you're on fire hand signal, yeah, which, which is now is a thing. Both hands waving in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Kind of looks like the dork wave. Mm-hmm. But like with two hands. <laughs> yeah. Listeners take note. You're on fire. Two hands waving over your head. Yep. Real excitedly. So we get back on the road. Mm-hmm. I zoom down the on-ramp. I see like three bikes in formation riding toward Prim. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yay, friends. So I go off with them. Um, and about two minutes in, not even two minutes, maybe a minute, I glance in my rearview mirror. Melinda's not there. I'm like, that's really weird. So I pull over. And I wait a minute. Wait two minutes. Uh-oh. I'm like, she didn't come. She calls me. And she's like, my bike stopped on the on-ramp. It doesn't go. The motor runs, bike won't go. I'm like, okay, I will be right there. So I turn around, ride up the shoulder, get the Melinda, get on her bike, try it out a couple times. And it feels for all the world. It feels like what happened to the Yuli when I burned out the clutch. Mm, yeah. Where it's kind of swing. It tries, yeah. but then just loses it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's what that smell was. Mm, the Bernie. Yeah. I'm like, were you riding, covering the clutch the whole way down? Were you riding the clutch? And she's like, I know, but Claire told me that would be okay. Well, it's okay to, okay, okay, pause. It's okay to cover the clutch if you're in a situation where it makes you nervous and you might want to squeeze it in. That said, don't ride it, kids. That is not good. You know, she's coming from a scooter where she's used to that being a break. Which is also, which is even worse to cover. Which I guess she does. I don't know. She needs to stop that. Melinda. <laughs> Stop it. So we have her bike that won't go. Yeah. Bike no go. No bike. bike no bike, go. No go. 
So I call roadside assistance. And they're saying, hello, Chuck. Hello, Miss. Good evening, Mr. Brewer. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. <laughs> nice to see you again. <laughs> You're eligible now for the Bronze Club. Mm-hmm. We've, we've, if you bet your card, card punched one more time, you <laughs> get a free Dairy Queen Blizzard. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not me this time. This time it's somebody else, this I swear. Time. Send a tow truck. They're like, very good, sir. How is your friend doing? <laughs> Pretty much. And I'm like, we're stuck between mile marker 25 and 24 in Nevada. Sure. Okay. Just, I can see the south end of Las Vegas, like the South Point Resort stuff. Uh-huh. So I, I jump on Expedia. It, it, at this point, it's about nine o'clock. Right. I jump on Expedia, get a room there. I'm like, tow truck will just come, pick us up, drive us right there. Sure. None of that happened like that. Oh. Takes two truck, two hours for the tow truck to show up. When he does show up, and he's super cool, guy named Lee. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I can't turn around here, so we, because we're on 15. Oh, and I see. And there's there's nowhere to go. It's yeah. divide. You know, it's got the yeah. cement divider. So he's like, we have to ride or drive all the way down to Gene, turn around at Gene, and then come back. Ah. Uh. Like. Whatever. Let's just do it. Fine. Let's go. Is your truck air conditioned? Yes. Great. Yeah. Except I'm riding on a motorcycle. Oh yeah. So right. <laughs> have fun with that, Melinda. On a flaming motorcycle. On a flaming motorcycle. Yeah. We get to South Point. We, uh, I park my bike. We go to ditch, uh, not ditch, but park Melinda's bike. Yeah. Security rolls up and they come walking over to me and they're like, is there a problem here? Uh, I'm like, bike don't go. <laughs> bike no run bike no run he's like oh are is are they re- repoing your bike that's an oddly specific question yeah. but no <laughs> am, I, am i is it time to get mad at you yeah i'm weird i'm like i've got a room reserved here he's like oh so what what's going on I'm like well the bike is broken tow truck tow mm-hmm. bike yes, leave here that is, that is what these things are for he's like oh okay he walks off and the tow truck driver starts laughing. He's like, yeah, those guys hate me because I come repo cars in their lot all the time. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a no-tell motel on the outskirts of Vegas. It's where a, one, reta- it's, where one it, repos cars. It's a big resort hotel on the outskirts of Vegas. It's not small by any means. Oh. It's okay. big. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but apparently this is where one comes to repo cars. He says it's great for that. Wow. He says the last time he went there to repo a car, um, he had it up on the truck when the security came, got him, and called the cops on him. Fun fact, when the cops go to impound your tow truck mm-hmm. with a car on it, yeah, they won't make you put the car back down on the ground. <laughs> oh, they'll take the tow truck and the car to the repo yard where you were going to take the car anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So he got a free ride with both fingers in the air while the guards are like, well, make him give us back the car. That's not how this works. Yep. So, yeah. So that happened. That that was Thursday. Oh, good. Uh, Friday rolls around. Um, Melinda gets on the horn and starts calling repair places. And she makes a friend. There was another uh, woman in Vegas named Barbie who was also going to the same rally, mm-hmm. but her riding partner had uh, flaked out on her. So Barbie didn't want to do the trip on her own. 
So she was immediately like, yeah, let's get your bike fixed and we'll, we'll yeah, let's roll. Go. Why not? Like the people you need to talk to are Eurocycle. They're the BMW Triumph people in Las Vegas. Okay. All right. They're the, they're the go-to people. Melinda starts leaving messages on their service voicemail, service okay. department voicemail. Noon rolls around. We haven't heard back. And we're like, well, shit, let's just go down there. Mm-hmm. So we jump on an Uber, get down there. That's where we meet Shadow. Shadow. Shadow is a one-legged Hawaiian. Okay. Who I think is either runs the service department or is one of the service riders. In any other story, that would be kind of weird. Here, it's just notable. He's not even the most exciting person we've met. Oh, good. <laughs> Shadow says to us, oh, man, we're really stacked up. If you got to us here in the morning, we could have maybe looked at it. Eh. But we were too busy to check voicemail. They were really busy. Mm-hmm. So we, we described the problem to him. and He's like, okay, if it is the clutch, um, we, we'll have to get parts because I know we don't have parts to fix your clutch. So we'll have to order. We'll, we'll just order the parts now. Right. And have them ready that when we get a service it's, person. Right. It's yeah. Friday. We'll order the parts now. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the problem. They probably won't get here Saturday. Here's the other problem. We're closed Sunday money because <laughs> we're like every other dealership where we, we had to be open on Saturday, but we want a two day weekend. Because apparently we can't hire people in shifts. Is that normal everywhere? Besides, like, a lot of the dealerships, like the dealerships, that's super duper common. Like I know in Utah it's, it is because you Sunday you have to be closed. Yeah. Uh, the, no, the, 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 the California the ones. dealerships are very commonly Sunday, Monday weekend. Okay. Cause they want to, they want to have like a weekend cause you know, you don't, you don't hire people for a dealership because like the money's great or it's an awesome career. Yeah. You hire them because they like they love whatever the hell it is you're selling. Yeah. I don't know, like motorcycles. So I work at a motorcycle dealership. Well, so we're like, so if we can't get it fixed Saturday, we're looking at Tuesday. Oof. So now it's a long time. Now it's looking looking yeah, worse. This is this is getting long. So he's so we're like, okay, how do we get the bike over here? And Shadow's like, I don't have a truck. I don't have a, a way to no tell you here. truck at all. Not a way to tell you. That's okay. So we start, we get on the phone, we sit down in the waiting room. Melinda is starting to call tow companies mm-hmm. and this little chihuahua comes over. A little, little brown chihuahua. Super friendly, super chill. Wow. Just wants to be pet. Just wants to get up in my lap. Not what I would call the normal behavior. breed. There's a reason for that. Oh, stick a pin in that. We'll okay. come we'll Just come back boop. to that. Pin stuck. Connected to his leash is a 68-year-old gentleman wearing what looks like a hospital shirt. Hmm. Kind of he's dark darkly tanned. He's spent a lot you could tell he lives in Nevada, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, little spectacles. Yeah. He's like, "My name's Wild Bill." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then Wild Bill enters. The then Wild Bill showed up. Wild Bill, we're talking about his Chihuahua named Birdie. Okay. Wild Bill and Birdie. Okay. Um, they're important people. Mm. Um, he's like, hey, I'm here picking up a bike for my son that's coming in. Um, bike the bike's being trucked in from California. Oh, I see. Okay. It's a present. Gotcha. So he's like, I've got a trailer on my truck, and I'm here for the next three hours waiting for them to show up with my bike. Oh, let's go get your bike. Awesome. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. And he's like, that's because bikers take care of each other. I'm a road captain with my 
something crew. I don't know what they are. Social club gang. I don't know. I didn't ask. Yeah. This guy's going to, this guy's going to help you get the bike here. He can say anything he wants. And he's, he has a lot to say. So we go walking out to his truck. Yeah. Right before he opens the door to his big old F-150, he's like, Hey, I got to apologize ahead of time. Truck smells like pop. I got to, I got to tell you in advance, Chuck, I'm a little disappointed. You had the recorder with you and you did not get some wild bill real. <laughs> I'm sorry. Next time you meet someone interesting on the road, you have to get that recorder out and be like, I do a podcast. It was just coming so fast. Oh yeah. Yeah. You were, you were just, you were in shock. So wild bill says, I'm sorry. The truck smells like pot. Imagine. And I'm like, Hey, it's Nevada. Whatever. Whatever. And he's like, well, I'm from, I live in Arizona, but it's legal there too. I'm okay. like, I am not offended in the slightest. Melinda, are you offended? No. He's like, oh, you guys are okay with pop? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right. We jump on in. He closes the doors, starts the air conditioning, and pulls out this giant joint. <laughs> <laughs> and proceeds to smoke a fatty. And he says to me, this is 27%. And I say to Wild Bill, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but I now understand why Birdie is the way he is. Because as soon as he lights that sucker up, this little tiny chihuahua pops onto the center console of the truck and sticks his nose in the air <laughs> and closes his eyes. Birdie the stoner chihuahua. <laughs> Birdie is a stoner chihuahua. Birdie, Birdie is feeling pretty good. <laughs> I'm imagining I'm imagining Birdie then opens his mouth and it's like it's like Tommy Chong's voice. <laughs> He just he, he 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 takes his hit and then he goes and sits in Melinda's lap <laughs> and just, just ready to be pet, ready to be pet. We're telling, yeah, I'm just like, well, we got driveways. We're like a good fifteen minutes away, and Wild Bill's like, I ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> we start driving. Wild Bill is telling us about the, you know, this Vegas. I hate Vegas. This place sucks. You know, I, I got in a car accident yesterday. A woman does a left turn in front of me and just hits the front of my truck. This is important. We're sticking a pin in that. Okay. There's a lot of pins here. There's a lot of pins. Yeah. She was like saying crazy stuff about me falling asleep. Bullshit like that. She, the cops took care of her though. They squared her away. Mm. There's still that pin. We get to the hotel. We load up Melinda's bike. Wild Bill's like, well, why don't we load up your bike too? And then. Yeah. Cause what the hell? Then you don't have to, you know, air conditioning, air conditioning, <laughs> air conditioning. Yeah. A lot to be said for that. And so I, I roll my uh, bike up his ramp mm-hmm. and we start trying to strap it down mm-hmm. and we run out of straps while Bill did not have enough straps for two bikes. Cause he was only planning for one. Sure. He's, he's yeah. Okay. No fault to wild bill. Sure. Yeah. He had one bike's worth of straps. Right. Makes sense. So I'm like, all right, I'll just, I'll just follow you. So I sure, fuck it, whatever. jump on the bike and I weed it down the ramp mm-hmm. and just as it crests that ramp to go down, I hear a crunch. Oh, no, because you were sitting on it. Because <laughs> I was sitting on it. Uh, way to go, fatty. Yep. <laughs> as far as I could tell, nothing was wrong. Hmm. That's right. important. Stick a pin in that. <laughs> pin. I don't even know how many pins we got here. There's a lot of pins here. So, I think I know what the episode's title is. <laughs> Stick a pin in Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Stick a pin in the voodoo doll that is Chuck's life. Stick a pin or else possibly flaming pants. But <laughs> So I start following them. Mm-hmm. Melinda's got the GPS. Go taking us to Eurocycle. Wild Bill's driving. I'm on the sprint. 
everything is groovy. Yeah. Except I noticed that at the stoplights, mm-hmm. Bill stops for a long time. Like? Like it turns green. And, and he, he doesn't go right away? He does not go within two to three seconds. Hmm. And I noticed he kind of weaves a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. At one stoplight, I swear I saw what looked like Melinda leaning over and nudging him. <laughs> Remember what I said about that one pin? Yeah. The pin is back. <laughs> the pin, Hello, pin. The pin about the accident. Yeah. Yes. Sleeping. Hmm. I'm not drawing any conclusions, not mm-hmm. inferring anything, not yep. implying anything. Yep. I'm just saying what I saw. Yep. Yeah. So then we got lost. But she has their GPS out. She does. Here's the thing. Eurocycle just moved locations. Oh, God. And Google has you. <laughs> Google sent us to the old one. Nice. So we're in a dead end business park where apparently you take your Uber and Lyft cars to get them checked out and valid registered for Uber and Lyft. Okay. Inspected and stuff. Because I saw the signs for that. Okay. So I jump off the bike, turn it off, walk up to the truck. I'm like, wow, Bill, what the hell? Wow. Bill's like, don't look at me, man. Talk to her. She's got the GPS. Me and Bertie are just following her instructions. Mm-hmm. This is all on her. Okay. And Melinda's like sitting there shouting. I figured it out. I figured it out. I've got it. I got it. I got it. I know where to go now. I'm like, cool. Go back to the turbo sprint, jump on, turn the key, hit the button. Try again. (laughs) Bill, I think my battery's dead, Bill. Fortunately, while Bill has a pair of jumper cables. Well, that's good. (laughs) Now that pin about that accident, Mm -hmm. turns out that made his hood not want to (laughs) open. The wild Bill's looking at me. He's like, you try to open it. <laughs> so we're both just in 110 degree heat jamming away on his hood of his truck, trying yeah. to get it open. Meanwhile, in the cab, Bertie's sitting in air conditioned comfort laughing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much mm-hmm. about 10, 15 minutes go by. and We get the hood open. We jump the sprint. I jump on the sprint. I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here because mm-hmm. damn it. <laughs> so we go and it's kind of windy really windy hmm. like things hitting my eyes like stir- wait like little stones being flung up into my eyes kind of windy mm-hmm. and it's really loud like i can hear the sprint really 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 well and the traffic around me really 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 well and I don't know where my helmet is at this moment. <laughs> Oops. Because I, I had taken it off and thrown it in the back of Bill's truck when we were trying to jump the turbo spin. Oh, well, okay. All right. So it's in the back of the truck. Not it's the in the, the back world. of the truck ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I have a plan. <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, I don't know if there's a helmet law in Nevada, mm-hmm. but the three riders I've seen so far all are wearing helmets. Yeah, there, there is. Okay. So just in case there was, I have a plan Mm -hmm. and my plan is really easy. Mm -hmm. We come to an intersection where Mm -hmm. Bill's going to make a right turn Mm -hmm. and Bill stops. 
Right. Oh. <laughs> and I jump off the turbo sprit. Right. Waving my arms. Uh-huh. Jump into the bed of his truck. Melinda turns around, sees me. I'm looking at her. She's looking at me. I'm waving. I got the helmet. And she's like, her hand is like almost touching Bill. And then she puts it down. <laughs> Buying you enough time to leap out. <laughs> leap out. Put my helmet on. Jump on the sprint. Jump on the sprint, which I had left running. Because <laughs> God knows I ain't trying Smart that. move. <laughs> I jump on the sprint. Give her the thumbs up. She nudges Bill. <laughs> Bill starts driving again. Now, maybe she said, Chuck forgot his helmet and he's getting it from the back of your truck. So don't uh-huh. go yet. Yeah. And then she's like, okay. And Bill's like, okay. Yeah. That's the story. Yeah. 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 Solid. That, that, that all hangs together. <sighs> so we get back to uh Eurocycle. And I'm like, I need a new battery guys. And they're like, okay, um, what year is your, is your sprint triumph sprint? And I tell them it's a 2001 mm-hmm. and that guy looks me straight in the eye. He's like, well, I, I don't think, uh, triumph made a sprint before 2006. Uh, I've been making it since the nineties <laughs> yeah. earlier. If you count the ones that were called sprint in the past. Now, apparently, um, this dealer has recently combined Triumph and BMW. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a gentleman in his mid to late fifties, very clean cut, wearing a polo shirt and khaki shorts. Oh, you got the Beamer tech. <laughs> I was talking to the Beamer yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He walked me over to a counter where there was a guy in his mid twenties with gauge ear gauges bigger than mine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. long hair, yep. a trucker cap. Okay. And uh, sort of a plaid shirt. Yep. Yep. He was the Triumph guy. (laughs) They're standing next to each other, shoulder to shoulder. I'm like, you guys are a walking stereotype. (laughs) They did not correct me. (laughs) But the Triumph guy did have the battery I needed. Good. Good. So he tells the other guy where the battery is, what it is, to go get it. And he's like, I'm going to ring you up here while he goes and gets your battery. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like, fantastic. Here is my card. Declined. Oh, no. I'm like, I've been using this card all trip. I've been using this card all day. And he's like, well, we've been having some problems. Try it again. I try to do Apple Pay. I try to do my debit card. Everything is being declined. I call my bank. I'm like, I thought I had money. Turns out I do have money. Turns out the BMW dealer is trying to charge me zero. Which is why it's being declined. Huh. So their machine is messed up. Okay. I'm like, well, I got 60 bucks. Linda, how much money you got on you? She had 70 bucks. (laughs) So I bought a battery. All right. Guy brings the battery over, puts it up on the counter. He's like, there you go. Take it on home. Hook it up to your charger. It'll be ready tomorrow. (laughs) I'm like, the thing I need to hook it up to is in your parking lot. And he's like, well, we don't, we don't charge the batteries here like that. Uh I'm like, so should I just take it back to my hotel room and plug my dick into it? (laughs) 
Because that will be that's just about as, that's about all I've got to do to work with here. And no, I don't want to buy a, a battery charger from you. <laughs> Not feeling it. Not right feeling this it. He's like, well, you guys are stuck here till tomorrow anyways, right? So we'll just hook it up tonight and we'll charge it for you overnight. Okay. Which is Thank nice. You. Yeah. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you. I wish you'd offer that in the first place. Thank yeah. You. And And then Shadow kindly enough jumps my bike so that i can take it to the next hotel we're staying at arizona charlie's oh because you were not originally supposed to be in vegas, vegas at right. this point arizona charlie was uh where i have found a room mm-hmm. and melinda to thank wild bill and birdie because his bike had not come still still wow she bought him a room oh at, nice, right? i don't know somewhere so because he he was really high. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. He, he, he was. He needed a place to sleep. He was ready for nap. He needed. Well, and, and when I say he was really high, clearly I meant Birdie the dog yes, was really Birdie high. Birdie the dog was high as shit. And needed to crash. Yeah, it was, he was using crash mode. He was way in crash mode. He needed some onion kibble and a crash. So I go to Arizona Charlie's. Arizona Charlie is a hotel casino mm-hmm. in a strip mall. Mm-hmm. Next to a Ross. Okay. And an auto parts. Which is good, I Autos, guess, if you set, auto your, zone. you set your pants on fire. Yeah, it was, it was very handy for setting mm-hmm. pants on yeah. yeah, and it's next to an auto zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I rode up with my bike, and I was like, you guys have, there's no covered parking, because it's a strip mall. Sure. You park in the, the yeah. strip mall parking lot. Right. I'm like, do you have a place I can park the bike? And he's like, yeah, sure, by the door. Okay. Like. Whatever. I don't even care at this, at this moment. Point, fine. Don't care. Park the bike, get checked in. Funny thing about Las Vegas, weed is legal. Mm-hmm. But there are signs everywhere that says, don't smoke weed here. You'll be kicked out. <laughs> hmm. Well, it's probably, it's, it's probably just like any smoking thing. They're like, go smoke someplace else. Well, smoke I mean, in your house. all the casinos are, are smoking friendly. Oh, okay. You can smoke like a fucking smokestack. Oh, that's stack. true, yeah. But no weed. No weed. There's no weed on premises. You will be kicked out. Huh. Now the hotel smelled of weed. Imagine. <laughs> like a ton of weed. A, hotel, a cheesy <laughs> hotel in a strip mall smelled like weed, Chuck? Wow. I'm not sure how. Lord knows. So we get checked in. We're bored. It's Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. which is clearly the reason for all of our problems. Right. So we find out that the tattoo shops in Las Vegas for Friday the 13th, they always have this tradition to do like $13, $26 tattoos. Hmm. Um, and they're little tiny flash tattoos. Oh, okay. So I got a symbol for 13, mm-hmm. Japanese symbol for 13. Yeah. I double checked to make sure it just did not say hot soup or spicy bean curd or, or spicy bean curd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was 13. Okay. Melinda got a 13 as well. While we're waiting for our tattoos, I'm looking around. This is a smoke shop slash tattoo studio, not a marijuana dispensary, but mm-hmm. a smoke shop. And I noticed that one end of it um, has a section labeled fetish. And I look closer, and it's all packaged urine products. Ah. Uh, huh. Yeah. Like, I have different brands of urine everywhere. Just urine, 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 urine. Huh. And I was like, and this isn't a sex shop. 
No. But and all their fetish section was comprised entirely of pee. Well, uh or huh. or chemically identical to pee. Oh. In a smoke shop. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Now, I, I guess they can't advertise it as sure. being anything other than a fetish product. Sure. But, sure. uh, and I did ask the guy, I'm like, well, you know, is this, is there really a big call for, for that here? And he's like, the biggest employer in Vegas are the casinos mm-hmm. and they all drug test. Ah, okay. And suddenly things made more sense. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You'll be happy to know that all of these packaged pee products contain uh, a little warmer, like oh. the hot pocket warmer. Sure, yeah, so that it's not suspiciously chilled. Yeah. So I, I thought you would just strap it to your groin or something, but no, you can carry it in any convenient way with the, your little pocket warmer. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> and I did observe people coming in buying pee, clean oh. pee, clean, right. chemically identical. Wow, that's, um, that's so, unsettling. Tattoos and pee. That was Friday night in Vegas for me. Mm-hmm. Tattoos and pee. Tattoos and pee. In Vegas, they call it Friday. <laughs> um, the next couple days, I hold up in a hotel room because that's what I do when I break down on the road. Is mm-hmm. I hold up in clean sheets in a hotel room and, and weep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melinda took off with her new friends Barbie and her husband Carl. Cool. And uh, they had some bikes, so they took Melinda on rides around Vegas, yeah, okay. to, like Red Rocks and stuff. And sure. she got to meet people who were riding. She got the ride a BMW 650, which she loved. Mm-hmm. She had a, a blast. Cool. Um, I I went out at one point to pick up uh, my new battery, and that was it for Saturday. I think I stopped at Cycle Gear to pick up a tail bag. <laughs> Just for a little, a little bit of extra space. Yeah. Cause I was like, eh, I was pushing it. Um, no, I didn't do much. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, she went to a concert. She went to Fremont street. She partied. She had friends. Mm-hmm. I was, you moped. I moped. Moping hard. Sunday morning. Um, I was like, I'm going to put the battery in the triumph. Mm hmm. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I am not anywhere in my right head. Mm-hmm. I am drunk as fuck. So I walk out. I get the battery. I get the seat off. I get the new battery in. Get it wired up. I'm going to start to put everything back together. And then I fall down. <laughs> <laughs> it's 11 o'clock in, in the morning in Las Vegas. And I'm in the sunward side. And it's 100 something. Oh, <laughs> I may have been a little sunstrokey. Yes, <laughs> a yes, little heat exhausted. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm I'm lying in the shade of my motorcycle, still very very drunk, texting Melinda, bring me water and fix my bike, <laughs> <laughs> which she did. That's nice of her. She. All she had to do was put the seat back on and put the brackets for the tail rack. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to her tell it, mm-hmm. she saved my life. Mm-hmm. There was a, there was a, there was bears and she had to fight them off with the seat. And 
Yeah, while she was like having to the spit water into my mouth like a, a, mother, <laughs> like a bird. mother bird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how she would describe it. All right. The time passes, so it's what it's now. It's uh, we're on to Monday, Tuesday now. Monday, yeah, they were still closed. They're still closed Monday. Um, we went to a place that had awesome milkshakes. Mm-hmm. Black like milkshakes. tap, I think. Mm-hmm. Very good milkshakes. Um, and then Tuesday. Oh yeah, the hotel. We, we had to change hotels again. We had to leave Arizona Charlie's. Mm-hmm. We went to a place called the Artisan Boutique, mm-hmm. and when we checked in Sunday night, I think they were having a sex party. Oh, a black swingers sex party. Okay, I wasn't really sure. I didn't ask. We, I just, you just walked on by. Walked on by, like the time I went to pick up the Ural, and there was a drag show at that hotel. I saw a lot of girls in lingerie. Mm. <laughs> Could like, be worse. Like full on lingerie, not like nightclub gear. Oh. Yeah, lingerie. And then I went to a strip club because mm. I'm in Vegas. And of course I do. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so the next day, it is, yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday rolls around. We head to the shop. Um, and Shadow's like, we haven't had a chance to look at it yet. Parts haven't come yet. Uh, I'm like, fuck. All right. And, you know, this rally is long over. It's gone. Yeah. I wasn't going to leave. Sure. Yeah. Leave behind. But now on Tuesday, this is like the last day I'm supposed to have off work. Right. You got to start thinking about getting home. I have to think about getting home. Melinda's is thinking about, you know, her options of, you know, do we just trailer the bike back, rent a U-Haul, wait for it to get fixed. And at that point, her husband jumps in and he's like, um, I'm going to take time off. And I'm going to drive it down. Oh, okay. That works out. And I'm like, cool. If he's driving down, I can take off. Sure, you're off the hook. Yeah, you bail. You know, I my wingman duties are done. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the plan. He he books a, like a nice hotel somewhere on the on the strip, and I pack up all my shit and I get on the road. It's 110 degrees, and the first gas station I stop at outside of Las Vegas is not a gas station. It is a movie set. It is a. It looks like a gas station. Mm-hmm. It has all the things of a gas station. Is it secretly a casino? Because it is Vegas. <laughs> we like you pull the arm on the gas pump and it goes. It could have been three cherries. You get gas. No, it was it was a gas station to be a gas station under construction. Oh, okay. So <laughs> not yet. In fact, gas. Right, but that's the one I pull up to. Sure, naturally, yeah. that's me. Mm-hmm. I find a real one. I get driving. Um, again, to Leeds, Utah, mm. which is uh, a little north of St. George, yeah. Cedar City. Mm-hmm. I had another monsoon. Of course. I checked the weather report. There was no rain in the forecast. I looked at the fucking weather radar at weatherchannel.com. It said it was fine. It was wrong. And this monsoon was even worse than the one coming down. Whereas everyone was able to go 20 miles an hour on that first one. Mm-hmm. This one, everyone pulled over. Damn. Trucks, cars, me, everyone pulled over because you it, you couldn't see. Ah, you couldn't even see the road. And this was the that section of the road leads and stuff. It kind of goes up into the mountains. Yeah, and it's a it little, does a little roll and turn. Yeah. yeah. So no one wanted to, to be on it. No. So I'm s- sitting on this turbo sprint in torrential rain, mm-hmm. in a monsoon, in a hurricane, 
just waiting. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> of course I am. Because <laughs> you know what the hell? What? What, what, at this point in this trip, this this is barely registers. Yeah. Well, I'm slightly damp. Eh. I'm wearing the stitch. I'm like, eh, it's fine. Yeah, whatever. Get back on the road once it clears up, and uh, I decided to stop and film. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get gas and film more. I'm gonna get fried chicken and film more at the yep. gas station. Solid plan. I like that. Yep. Get off the half ramp. Pull up to the stop sign, and that's when I'm enveloped in the cloud of black smoke. No. <laughs> Chuck, you do know when I when I when I talk about lighting the straw on fire. Yeah, I, I want. I'm really clear about this. I'm mostly joking. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's something that you do is lighting actual bikes on fire. I was not on fire this time. Oh, well, that's good. I glanced down this time. I can see the smoke coming out of the radiator oil cooler area. Oh, it's dripping in the pipe. I'm I'm leaking oil. Yeah. I'm like, okay, get to the gas station, pull over, I jump off the bike. And there's like, it's just a little oil. coming. All right. So just minor. Right. At this point, I'm like, I'm 120 miles from home. Mm-hmm. Top it up and fuck it. Well, the look, uh, the oil level is still great. Still oh, full. okay. So it's just like a dribble at this point, right? Um, I'm like, I'm gonna eat. Mm-hmm. So I lay out my stitch, turn it inside out, mm-hmm. so I can get some sun, get some air. Yeah. Lay out my helmet. Go inside the gas station. Get my chicken. Get my soda. Go up, to pay for it. And that's when the monsoon hits. What is it with you and monsoon? I don't know. It came down the mountain for me. <laughs> there he is. Got him. <laughs> yep. It was just me and the clerk are watching my gear fall off the bike, knocked over by all this rain. And he's just like, that's yours, right? Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I live now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. That's, that's, that's it. So I spent about 45 minutes there waiting for the rain to go away. Mm-hmm. Cause it does. This is Utah. Rain yeah, goes it'll away. Pass. Walking back out there. Parking lot around my bike is that rainbow shiny color of oil. Uh-huh. Yeah. And everything is soaked. Mm-hmm. Of and course. I'm like 120 miles. I can make 120 miles or I can walk away from it once it breaks down and never, ever have to think of it again. Huh. <laughs> it either gets me there or it doesn't. <laughs> and you're strangely okay with either. I point. am super okay with either at this point. I am way okay. Way, way okay. I have a grin on my face when I hop on that bike. I'm like, everything that happens now is up to you. <laughs> at this point, it's all in the, in the hands of fate. Yeah. Spoiler, the bike did get me home. Oh, okay. That must be nice. As I was getting off the off-ramp uh, for my for uh, off, for my house, mm. um, that's when the oil lights started coming on. Oh, okay. So you, may, <laughs> you were cutting it mighty close then. I got there by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, rolled into the garage, shut it down, gave it a pat, said, good job. You made it home. <laughs> there is a coda to this story mm-hmm. the next day they open melinda's bike the parts came oh new, so they're gonna go in and new swap clutch, the clutch. Yep. Okay. 
There's nothing wrong with her bike. Clutch is fine. Oil is fine. Mm -hmm. There is nothing wrong with her bike. Mm. They adjusted the clutch cable, oiled up the chain. That was that. That was that. Oh, my God. Her husband wins like a $1,500 poker game. As soon as I left, everything is good. Everything just started to work okay. Turned to sunshine and rainbows. Wow. You are, uh, you, we need a third tiki. <laughs> we only have two at the moment. We might Meanwhile, need a third. My, my guy, mm-hmm. Jason, comes down with his truck and his trailer and he toes off the sprint. Mm-hmm. Calls me up about 20 minutes later. He's like, how did you make it home on this? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I, well, I poured in a half a quart of oil just to see what happens. And it just comes right out. <laughs> right out the bottom. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What looks like happened is uh, going back to that one pin when I bashed the bottom of the bike on Wild Bill's trailer. Ah. It pushed uh, part of the turbo into the oil cooler. Didn't, didn't make a hole, mm-hmm. but it seems that while I was riding it back. Oh, now they're touching. They're and touching like and vibrating. and Okay. Yep. Just sort of hammered its way into the oil cooler. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time I got home, it was a big hole. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> wow. So that was my trip. I've noticed something too. What's that? Looking on Facebook later. Mm-hmm. It seems like whenever I try to do a motorcycle trip. Yeah. In the month of July. Okay. In an even numbered year. Okay. Things go wrong. Interesting. You and I did the Grand Teton trip in 2008. Mm-hmm. The first incident of you losing underwear out of a bike. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there was some, uh, oh, the trip me and uh shelly tried to do to england where they uh refused her passport because it was wet mm-hmm. was in 2014 okay what about the one where the uh the uh ulysses started to shoot fireballs out um i didn't have a facebook memory for that okay but i, I want to say that was 12 yeah that sounds about right i think i do and i think it was <laughs> yeah. yeah all right all right so next year trip <laughs> next year should be fine you're after that year, you're on your fucking own last year i did a trip and it was it was great yeah yeah so i don't know if it's the even numbered years or just july i need to avoid okay could be that too <laughs> it could yeah. be just july could be july all right that's fair that's fair <laughs> i don't think melinda will ever go on a trip with me ever again ever yeah yeah um her and her husband have been going back and forth with our our dealer yeah here because prior to the trip she had taken it down for and paid like four or five hundred dollars for a complete service of oil chain mm-hmm. you know brakes clutch you know mm-hmm. just the once over yeah sure did make all the things work right and the people in vegas are suspicious if that was done ah doesn't look like any of these things were done they they specifically thought the oil was was too black to be that new. Yeah, yeah, that's an easy one to spot. Yeah, whereas the and I guess the the dealer here is saying, well, you did ride it from here to Vegas. 
so that I could make it look black. That was kind of the face I made. Color me suspicious. Now, I will say that the oil that came pouring out of the Triumph Mm -hmm. was clean. I can imagine. Which they had done, too. They had also changed oil on my spirit. And that oil was clean. But these are are the same chuckleheads who also also busted the shit out of your uh, spinometer. Oh, let's go back to that pen. Oh, yeah. Is that back? Yeah. As soon as it dried out in Vegas, never had a problem with it again. Oh, okay. That's something with the sender getting wet. I guess, but it didn't go crazy on the way back when I hit the monsoon coming back. It was just the rainstorm going down and the rest of that night. Hmm. The next day, speedometer was solid. Maybe the fire scared it. It got all rattled (laughs) by the fire. It was like, oh my God, shit's on fire. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know at this point. Mm -hmm. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, Todd. I don't know. Help me. I, I did. You're talking to me. I don't know why this drum doesn't run. This is, this is like, it's a mystery week on Wheel Nerds. Why is why is Chuck? Why are Chuck's trips always fraught? Why? What the fuck is the problem with the Strom? I I just I don't know. My wife has made me promise that if, that she wants me to get rid of the black of the Sprint. She wants me to get rid of the Turbo Sprint. Okay. She does not trust it anymore. Sure. Because because fire. Because yeah, you may it may have slipped your mind, but I was on fire. You were in fact on fire, like like actively for realsies on fire. And she's insisting that um, I replace the bike because I would <laughs> naturally. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? So it's drama, cheap. <laughs> nope, she won't take it. She insists that whatever bike I buy next is brand spanking new from a dealer. Oh, she wants full warranties, mm-hmm. extended warranties, maximum chuck proofing. Warranty on warranty, special Chuck insurance, protection, evil tiki, I'm like, double rider. Yeah, but you see the dealers we've got around here, babe. Who who are we gonna trust? Exactly. I wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire. <laughs> I don't know. God, what, doesn't matter what bike brand I go for. All the dealers are essentially I, the same. I really, yeah. I, mm, uh, yeah. 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 Like when I, you know, when I was riding the the BMW. I uh, I was like, this is really nice, and pe- everybody's like, you should buy one. I'm like, I would piss on them if they were on fire. Give them a dime. You know, let's not make jokes about pissing on people on fire. Mm-hmm. That's that's a little too soon. It's a little too soon. A little too, too tender. close to home. Yeah, a little too a little too tender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still raw. My story has clean pee and fire in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Although, admittedly, not at the same time. We need we need some good news. We need we need a guest. We need to redeem the show and Vegas. We could talk about Vegas. Okay, so we're on with Larry Little from the AIM Expo. We had him on last year to talk about the Columbus show, mm-hmm. and now he's coming back to tell us about the new show in Vegas that I can actually go to. Woo-hoo-hoo. The Las Vegas AIM Expo in October. Yeah, make the big the big the big trek down. Yeah. Yep, it's it's you know if if we go really slow and stop at all of the roadside attractions, it could take us six seven hours. Hey, Larry, wow. that's a long trip when you're on fire. There you go. Storage check. There you go. It is a really long trip when you're on fire. So so Vegas for this year's show. So what? what wait 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 wait. wait you might not know this, but okay. I was on fire. <clears throat> he's he's actually speaking literally. Turns out. 
Where oh. it's just like I am waiting for the joke. It's like I I have I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> is there a, is there a symbol crash coming? <laughs> nope. No. Nope. No crashes. So so you All moved right. it to Vegas this year. Was that both uh, because Vegas is Vegas and it's fun, and also to kind of collide with other stuff that's going on there? Oh, a couple of reasons. You know, we've had that we we opened in Orlando six years ago and we're there for for four years and moved it up into the mid middle western part of the country to get closer to some dealers. But it was clear that, you know, from both a dealer and a consumer perspective, because the show is both a trade show and a consumer show, that sure. you know, we weren't getting as as many opportunities to see the folks out west as we'd like. And so Vegas provided a great opportunity to bring the show out west. And so not only uh, will we bring AIM Expo out west, but we've uh, combined forces with a couple other events that will be going on the same week in Vegas to create Power Sports Industry Week in Las Vegas. So we're very excited about that. Uh, and bringing AIM Expo to Vegas in and of itself will be fun, but having the Monster Energy Cup Supercross race on Saturday night, having the Las Vegas Bike Fest going on at the same time, and doing some other stuff in town to ride for kids charity ride is going to be that weekend. So we've got a whole list of uh, fun things that are happening in both motorcycle and power sports in, in town at that time. So we're, we're very excited to be coming to Vegas. And of course, Vegas is Vegas. So there's always fun coming to Vegas just for the Vegas reasons. Right. But, uh, from a power, power sports industry perspective, you know, we're going to, we're going to tear the town up. It's, uh, it's clear today that, uh, Bell Helmets is going to be doing one of their stunt shows up at Red Rock Harley Davidson at that time and introduce some new helmets. So there's going to be all kinds of there's all kinds of stuff going to be going on for for consumers and dealers both that make their way out to Vegas. Wow. So so what's what's new and awesome this year at AIM Expo? New manufacturers well, we should know about. New madness. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we have a. a, a a whole litany of returning manufacturers of motorcycles, ATVs, side-by-sides, and scooters as well, but uh, new for this year. I mean, Harley will be back, Indian will be back, uh, all the Japanese manufacturers will be back. Uh, we have a kind of an interesting one that's really uh, in a unique vehicle, and they're going to be uh, unveiling uh, a new machine to the world at AIM Expo, a company called Vanderhall. They're, they're a West Coast-based company that builds these really uh, interesting, sporty three-wheeled vehicles. And I know that more recently when you've talked about you've heard three wheels, everybody think, these days probably thinks of the, uh, of the Polaris' slingshot. But this is a whole different vibe. It's, uh, it's more sports car, uh, traditional-type sports car uh, styling that you would think as opposed to the rocket ship kind of design that the slingshot is. So. Huh. It's it's really interesting. So we just yeah we just made that announcement that they're going to be coming to the show, and we're very very excited that uh, they're going to be coming along because it uh, we'll even get they're going to even do demo rides for it, which is Ooh. one of the really yeah <laughs> oh, wow, really? cool. So, and that's you know and that's one of the we talked about in the past, but that's one of the really cool things about AIM Expo. You know, unlike you know some of the other motorcycle shows that are on during the winter time around the country, you don't get a chance to do any demoing of new bikes, but that's been uh, one of the features of, of AIM Expo is you get to demo ride new bikes at AIM Expo Outdoors. And so we have nine manufacturers of machines this year doing demo rides, including, uh, let's see, uh, Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, 
Harley's going to be doing it again, Indian again, uh, SSR with some of their scooters on the Benelli line, and then new, now Vanderhall. Wow. And I did mention Slingshot. Slingshot is not going to, they're not going to do demo rides, but they're going to give you one hell of a ride in the Slingshot Ultimate Joy Ride. They're going to be basically drifting these things around the demo area with you <laughs> as a passenger and just to oh. show the capabilities of the Slingshot. So it's like, we'll look it on three wheels, I guess you could call it. <laughs> First thing I was going to ask the people at the Vanderhall is like, hey, hey. How do I turn the traction control off? <laughs> exactly. Asking for a friend. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a friend may be me, may not be me, uh, probably me. But, fact, but good times, everybody. you know. This is, uh, and that's, you know, what's even better about this year. We've we've had to compromise a little bit to have that element in the show over the over the past few years, and that it was a little bit of a walk to get to the demo area. In fact, in Orlando, the first two years you had, we had to take a shuttle, yes, but yes. literally when you walk outside the front door of the convention center, that's where the demos are going to be. So it's going to be completely convenient. Okay. And we're at the Mandalay Bay this year and they've got a lot of, they had a nice convention area. That's a uh, part of the hotel and this area outside is going to, we're going to be, uh, I think some of the other guests at the hotel when we're there, I think will be wondering what the heck's going on, but that's all good as far as we're concerned. <laughs> so so how early can we sign up to beat the other podcast to the demo rides <laughs> screw those well, guys I know that, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but I, I, actually I, I think they're going to be doing media stuff uh on the trade days yeah, uh, yeah thursday and friday on the trade days. so or, be, yeah, yeah. be sure to be there on you know thursday or friday the 11th or 12th of october because that's when the, the trade only days are and i know that that's when uh the media and the dealer prospective dealers that they're looking to sign up at the show. Yeah. I think we're going to get rides in just a couple of the pre-production units that they're going to be unveiling globally, but they'll have a number of other products in the rest of their line there as well. We can easily spend an entire day just doing the demo rides. I'm 100% cool with this because there's just oh, yeah. so many bikes to ride. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, going yeah. to ride them all. And don't worry, listeners, Larry has made sure they're going to wipe off the seats really well after Chuck and I have been on them. We have your pictures. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Todd. We got it from, we got it from the podcast. <laughs> squeak, squeak, squeak. All right. Everybody, other people can use this now. They're just going to roll out special bikes for us. That's right. Uh, how do we That's make right. it go? You use your feet. So can you tell us about what motor culture is? So we've had, in the past, we've had a bike show orientation at, at AIM Expo, and it was called Custom Culture. And it was really a focus on kind of the custom builder element, which because there's so much cool stuff out there these days, but I think we, we, we kind of felt like we're missing the opportunity to showcase the whole moto experience, whether it's a whole power sports moto experience, whether it's, you know, two wheels and urban adventure, whether it's, you know, we're going to have some of the, uh, the orange County Goonies. This is a kind of a, uh, Grom, uh, ruckus, you know, 125 uh, club come from over here. We'll be over in Vegas showcasing a lot of their machines and what that lifestyle is all about. And it's kind of a cool subculture thing that goes on. And uh, it's pretty active here in Southern California and other urban areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have, you know, kind of the, the desert scene, the adventure scene with, uh, with a lot of cool stuff. And I think I'm working right now with uh, Scott Harden, the old desert racer and uh, Paris, the Dakar racer who is working with, um, the best in the desert group that puts on a lot of the desert races out West in, in both 
you know, Nevada, I think, and there's some up in Utah as well, but they're going to be redoing the Mint 400 route from Vegas uh, to Reno uh, next year. And he's got, I know they've got a couple of the uh, old race bikes from the day back when, when the Mint was a, was a big race. And so uh, we hope to have those on display, but other, you know, just a look at off-road, a look at the urban side, a look at all the, all the different areas of, of riding. It's going to be put together in this little vignettes throughout the show in one area in the show. And you know what, that's where the, the bar is going to be in the show. That's where that the cool coffee is going to be in the show. I think we're going to have some, uh, some tattoo guys there, I believe. And some, you know, since there's going to be a whole litany of kind of this artisan side of the thing as well, uh, which we had in custom culture, but we're going to bring them back, but a really cool look at the different areas and vibes of, of riding. And, and because people relate you know, I may have an adventure bike, but I certainly relate to the guy that's got a sport bike because I've been in, been on those in the past or, or very, various things. So it's an opportunity to showcase all the different kinds of riding. Will I still be able to get my hair cut by a hipster? I don't think we've worked that out yet. And I don't oh. know if, if, if I don't know if that'll be a part of it or not. We'll have I you know it's I, I, I haven't gone down that far in the list to check and see if they we've we've managed to get that as well. But, uh, I don't know. I, I know that's, it's, it's kind of de rigueur today that you have that in the show, but, uh, <laughs> we'll see, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I'm really a... careful not to overplay that, uh, mm-hmm. that, that kind of satirical look at, uh, at the millennial type of thing, but because they are an important, uh, age group that. Yeah. Who's going to buy the bikes tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, what's really interesting. I've had this discussion. There's been a lot of talk in the industry about, Oh, we got to find the next guys to come up, you know, and they, they're not buying new bikes. They're not buying, you nope, know, they're not they're buying but, old ones like yeah, fucking crazy. I'm yeah, teaching so many ones, of them. Yeah. But you know what we're missing quite honestly. And I, I had the good fortune to stop. There's going to be an exhibitor that's coming to our show that, that sells Chinese scooters and small motorcycles. Yeah. And what we forget is that the, in a lot of cases, you know, price is an entry point to the market. Well, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. at college campuses, these guys actually graduated from the University of Florida. They were gators and they like were into scooters and then they, they started some scooter stuff up while they were there. And, and after they graduated, then they built a business and all of a sudden they're importing Chinese scooters. And I, I don't know how many they're importing because they wouldn't tell me, but safe to say that when you can sell a brand new retail product to a student that comes into a store and says, Hey, I got 1500 bucks to spend on a scooter for, for my transportation around college. These guys can supply one. That's a compelling and, argument as a student. This well, isn't a uh, CSC. Is there's it? There's a, sh- isn't it who CSC California scooter company? No, 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 that's, uh, that's, that's no, they're one. These guys are Bintelli. They're based out of Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. They're bringing in product by their name, Bintelli. Uh, they've got a great supply of parts. I mean, I was actually, I went down there because I had a conversation with the guy on the phone and they were like very smart business people, which I don't know, maybe I'm prejudiced. I just, I didn't, I didn't, I never thought about the fact that there's a whole element of the industry that is, is bringing in this product because we're also focused that, you know, some for so many years on, you know, it's got to be, you know, a Honda, Kawasaki, Suzuki, you know, you think of a, a beginner machine, but the reality is nowadays with stuff being built anywhere in the globe, I mean, from India to Vietnam to China to wherever, Thailand, 
for, for some of the major manufacturers. Um, there's this product category coming in that's really a shadow market that we don't see that's not being uh, recognized uh, above, above on the table necessarily a lot of times. But they're selling, they're selling people the two-wheel experience, and what we have to figure out is how to get them to step up after they get out of college mm-hmm. uh, onto something a little more permanent. And, you know, the, the, and that's the biggest hurdle in a lot of cases is providing the first experience uh, of what it's like to have, you know, something below you that unless you put your feet down or you put the kickstand down, it's going to fall over. And so, I mean, it's, it's, so we're, we're very happy that, that they're coming to the show because they, they currently have about 135 dealers across the country and are mostly on the East coast and they're pretty urban where the colleges are. But it's, to me, you know, it's a real, it's a real, uh, good example of, you know, there's an entry point in the market that's completely based on price. And we think of it from the millennial perspective that, oh, price means they have to buy a used bike. And, yeah. you know, not necessarily. And I think that Royal Enfield is going to do really well with the Himalayan, mm-hmm. you know, at a $4,500 price point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can buy a new machine. You don't have to worry about, will the thing start when I kick it over? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's fun stuff like that, you know, that, that keeps, keeps us young and motivated in this industry because we, we want to see more people ride just like you do. I mean, it's why you do your podcast. You want to share the experience of why we ride. And uh, I'm, I'm just... I'm excited that AIM Expo is really, this is the national show for motorcycling and power sports. You, yeah, know, you kind of become a thing, huh? You're a thing now. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's like, thing. we're like, it's the big thing. It's like, you know, it's, it's not on the scale yet of the big European shows, but you know, ICMA has been going on for 105 years and Intermote, I think started back in the forties. And so it, those have, they have a lot of momentum and, and compared to us, we're in our, we're, we're in our, you know, we've, we're in our sixth year. So it's, uh, we're very pleased with the growth we've had so far. And I think being on the West Western part of the United States is going to expose us to a whole new, uh, bunch of consumers and dealers that are coming. And I think we'll have some different folks from the industry show up too, because it's real convenient to Southern California where a lot of the industry is based. That's cool. So compared to yeah. last year's show, what do you see as being like the big thing this year? I know that we don't know what it is, but I know that the guys in green are going to be doing a global unveil of a new product. We don't know what it is yet, but we're excited about the fact that they're using AIM Expo's platform to reveal some new product to, to the media and the dealers and consumers. Um, as I mentioned, Bell's going to have a big unveil of a new helmet, and they're going to they're going all out on that. Okay. But it's just you know, there's so many, you know, there's we'll have you know some product that was just probably just announced the week before the the every other year show in Germany called Intermote is this year, and they they are basically a week before our show, and, and a lot of times you'll see, especially the European manufacturers uh, unveil some new product, and so. We expect we might see some of that trickle over to AIM Expo as well, but it's 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 just everything that you know. You come to the show and, and there's things that you never knew existed that you go, oh wow, I I would have never thought about that, but now that I see it, <laughs> I have right. to have it. <laughs> so it's that's 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 really what you know. Having a trade show that gets open to the consumers is what makes it so exciting because. 
they've just all the manufacturers, the aftermarket manufacturers and the motorcycle and, and power sports vehicle manufacturers have just unveiled a bunch of product and, you know, to their, to their trade partners, to the dealers, but the consumers get to see it right away. I mean, it's, you don't have to wait for the show to come to your neighborhood. I mean, you get to see it right away. And it's, and that's why, you know, AIM Expo is really the national show for power sports in the, in North America, because there's nothing else at all like it. Mm-hmm. And we like it like that. Ha <laughs> 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 ha, says Larry. That's right. Now the symbol craft. There you so, go. Now that you are on the West Coast, is there any more any friction between you guys and IMS? Uh, are you are you encroaching on their turf? Well, I mean, they're they're really a winter series. They're really the, the show series for you know the winter time. I mean, uh, I think the first IMS show is you know it's in November, right. uh, as I recall. I think, I think Long Beach is actually in, in November. It's November. It used to traditionally be December, but now it's November. But no, I mean, it's it's really two different things. And, and the, I mean, the really big difference is the fact that that show is primarily, and you know, 90 to 95% about the vehicle manufacturers. The aftermarket, uh, the aftermarket spread that they have there is pretty limited. Um, and... It's just the opposite at AIM Expo. You know, we'll have close to 500 exhibitors and, you know, we'll have, you know, 25, 27 vehicle manufacturers when you, when all is said and done, you count them all. And that means we got 400 and some other companies that are doing, you know, either have uh, goods in parts and accessories or they have services, uh, and some of it's just trade only for the dealers, but I mean, there's such a wider spread of aftermarket companies that do business in the industry. And that's why I say, when you come to AIM Expo, you see these, these little products that guys have just developed and they're trying to make a go at it and see if there's a market for it. You never see that at, at the other shows because this is, this is, you know, they, they want to sell through dealers most of the time. And that's, and that's why they're at the show, but it's a great opportunity for consumers to see the products just after they've been revealed uh, and talk to the rest to people of the who industry. actually make them as opposed to some yeah, dude who may or may not know about it in the shop. Exactly. Exactly. That's, and that, that's interesting you say that because that, that's like a very important uh, response that we get. And when we do our post show surveying a consumer, it's just like the coolest thing is I can talk, actually talk to the person at the company, you know, look them in the eye and ask him questions and he gives me straight answers. So, I mean, that's, that is the coolest thing. Or if you're me, you look him in the eye, ask him questions. And he says, I don't want this answer recorded. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, Chuck. We have the sneaky recorded this year. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I'm not authorized to talk to press here on the floor <laughs> on press day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so bring uh, us, bring us home Larry, by telling us about this, uh, cure the kids, uh, benefit you got going on this weekend too because it sounds like that's that's so right a little passion in your voice there well it is i and i don't know if i've explained this in the past but you know i've i've served on the board of the pediatric brain tumor foundation for i think close to 15 years and it started when i was a publisher at psych world and we were helping them both raise money and when we were we were a big part of the uh, international motorcycle show series as this as the title sponsor we invited them to come into our booth at the show to help promote the ride for kids rides all across the country. And, and it really worked. And 
So we ended up doing some things to help them raise money. So I got on the board. So um, Ride for Kids these days is uh, it's it's part of the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. It raises money to find the cause and the cure of brain tumors in kids, which the uh, CDC, the Center for Dis- Disease Control, has just you know last year determined that it's the largest killer of kids by disease uh, under 18. And so, you know, there's, it's past, you know, all the, what leukemia and all the other ones that used to be. And and the reason for it is there's so many different kinds of cancers that have to be researched. Um, And so Ride for Kids raises money. And if you come to the Ride for Kids event, which will be on Sunday of of AIM Expo, the last day of AIM Expo, uh, if you ride on the event, it'll start, uh, I forget where the starting point is. I think it's at South Point. Um, but okay. they'll do a ride, like an hour ride that will go up to Red Rock, and it'll end up at AIM Expo. And you'll get to meet uh, families uh, of kids and survivors who have survived brain tumors. And when you hear them tell the story, some of these kids are, I mean, they, it, it, you just can't imagine what they've gone through. But they'll tell you that it was a great experience for them because they've learned so much. And it's hard to imagine that, but the reality is that the kid, that's all sometimes the kids have known. They have not known what you and I would consider to be a normal life. But when you see their parents and the, and the struggles that it causes for their parents, what we're raising money for is, you know, to, to end brain tumors in kids. I mean, that's, that's the mission of the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. So yeah, there is a little charge in my voice for that because I've met so many of these kids and, you know, it's, it's, it gets such little funding from the government. Uh, I mean, the the good news is is that most of the money that we raise, we we do some family support stuff too. But the the grants that we give to uh, universities and other researchers, basically, it allows them to start research that then they can prove is valid enough to get then get government funding. So I mean, it's 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 very valuable in that respect. So. It's, I mean, the the scientific side is really amazing, uh, and I don't understand it at all, but I've met some of these researchers, and you're just like, please, you know, keep doing what you're doing. So, yeah, so Ride for Kids, Sunday uh, on October 14th. Uh, more information is that it's on the AIM Expo website, which is uh, AIMEXPOUSA.com, or if you're lazy and don't want to remember that and you're looking for tickets to the show, uh, we have a URL that's motoshowtickets.com, and that'll actually take you to the AIM Expo website. Nice. Cool. So AIM Expo is October 11th through the 14th at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center in Las Vegas. Hopefully and, you guys can uh, consumer, all Yes, and consumer days. So the first two days are trade only. So if you're not oh, a yeah. bona fide member of the trade, you know, motorcycle dealer uh, of some sort in, in the business, podcast. Uh, it's a closed Close. You got to be or or media. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the consumer days are Saturday and Sunday, and we're going to be closing the show a little bit early on Saturday afternoon for those people that want to take off and and go to see the big spectacle. That'll be the Monster Energy Cup Supercross race over at uh, UC uh, uh, Nevada, Las Vegas. So uh, we're looking forward to to having everybody come out to the show on the weekend and take advantage of all the activities that are going to be around town as well. Awesome. So be sure to check out AIM Expo because you can better believe the wheel news will be. Larry, thanks for being on tonight with us, man. Hey, it was a pleasure again, and I look forward to finally seeing you guys at the show this uh, this October. I'm really looking forward to AIM Expo. I can't wait. Here's a question for you. Yeah. 
Will you ride with me down there? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little, feel a little nervous. Uh, now, now, assuming you have a bike to ride. <laughs> I could ride the bandit down. Oh, that's a long way on the highway for a bike with no trim mechanism. We could take uh, the back way. Yeah. We don't have to take 15. We can yeah, go through like true. Delta. And, yeah. You yeah. know, hit. Uh, go the through the hinterlands extraterrestrial highway that could be something of a problem on the bandit too because the bandit doesn't have a really long range i could bring a gas can yeah like you have nowhere to put a gas can with the bandit. I, where am i gonna where am i gonna hide it i can't put it i can't put it on the the back right side or the, the you know burn up in the tank from the pipe can't you just put it in the sidecar oh right i do have that <laughs> oh, okay oh what you just all right it's official. but bud miller is in the sidecar only for the trip back. Well, yeah, we're why good. do we, why do we need Bud Miller for <laughs> to go to go You're to right. Vegas? You're right. Okay, we're good. Hey everyone, who wants three two beer? <laughs> I got three two beer. Yeah. It's like sex in a canoe. Yeah. Hey, hey kids, you want to buy some three two beer? <laughs> in Vegas, that's legal at any age. <laughs> Put it in the bottle for the baby. <laughs> Just Boy. for that, I'm taking the Euro. You don't have to slow down. You get to find out what it's Sometimes like. Sometimes I will shift to third. <laughs> not very much. Not today. <laughs> this is not that day. <laughs> this is what it was like going to Durango. <laughs> you won't have to worry about feeling bad from that trim at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there's no guarantee the Euro will make it. Hey, on the bright side, if the Earl doesn't make it, just fucking light it on fire. <laughs> if any bike I take doesn't make it, we just light it on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I jump in the sidecar. Jump in the sidecar. We strap it. The only downside really being that the uh, the bandit sidecar isn't anything to strap on the outside to. You know what the problem is with that that uh, that solution? What? It's too easy. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it won't happen that way. No, that's not how it's going to be. <laughs> Your bike's going to explode. And it's going to explode. God damn it. <laughs> Nothing I own can ever work for long. And I'll be on like some super sport bike with only one seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can see it now. <laughs> Jump on, Todd. <laughs> you can ride on the handlebars. Bad enough having to ride home behind Claire. We only got four hours till Vegas. Being a good friend, of course, like any like any good friend when getting a ride home from someone who's helping you get your bike. Somewhere in the middle of the ride, when you come to a stoplight, you have to as loudly as possible announce, especially when there are cars around you with their windows open. I have to pee. <laughs> I felt you smell my neck. Did you smell that man's neck? His cologne is fantastic. Like a lawyer cowboy. Yeah, Todd. So will you ride with me to Vegas? I don't know, Chuck. <laughs> I, 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 well, no, this drum doesn't work. So I feel like I've had my disaster for the year. Sure. Sure you have. Me too, pal. Me too. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> oh That's all boy. we got time for this week. Till next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. Don't ride with us. And carry a fire extinguisher. <laughs> we'll see you next time. You can contact us at wheelnerds at gmail.com or leave us a message at area code 801-917-4136. Record an intro for our show of you and your bike, and maybe it'll be on a future show. Stickers and other merchandise is available at our website, 
www.wheelnerds.com. If you use iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review for us. Hell, write our URL on bathroom walls if it helps. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent. Her name is... is... Fuck me. I doubt that. <laughs>